Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another Brewnomics podcast, the podcast about beer buddies, and this week, baseball. I'm Jerry. I'm William. I'm Vic. I'm Paula. Hope everybody's having a good time. It is, uh, well, when this drops, it's essentially opening week for baseball, so, you know, as uh, two out of four baseball fans here. We're going to be talking about baseball. If you know anything about baseball, it's a 500 batting average. That's pretty good. Okay. Not going to lie, you're 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 dead on. That's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. So it's been a few weeks. We missed you, but let's get into it. This is going to be a unique one. We're going to do a top ten list, and it's actually a top ten list. Yeah, usually we just have like a discussion or whatever, or we don't actually rank them. But Jerry went to all the trouble this week of, you know, ranking them out and typing something out professionally and printing it out and all that. And we kind of all agreed on the structure of it, I guess. So, yeah. So I guess this would be the uh, Brunomics official top 10 baseball movies. There it is. There it is. Look at that. Hot scoop. Hot scoop. Hot take. Uh, what is more American? than baseball and beer you got me bro i mean it, it's there i mean that's that's paramount right I mean, maybe, for the expression of americanisms maybe throw apple pie in there but sure fire dog. fireworks right yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't get any more american than that that's that's you know really the the ultimate goal you're trying to achieve uh so yeah first beer this week from Cascade Lakes Brewing Company. They are out of Oregon. This is the Red Haze, a hazy red ale. Oh. We love our reds. And we do. And you know how we feel about hazies? But this is a hazy, <laughs> uh, hazy red. And I've never had a hazy red before. We'll have to see. Um, all right. On Untapped, that lists us out at 6.4 ABV and 40 IBUs for whatever that means. And uh, it's pretty new beer, it looks like. Not very many ratings. So this is a brand new beer, correct? Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, not a rotational, right? This is a brand new beer for them year-round, maybe? I don't know. Okay. I have no know. idea. That's all right. On Untapped, it reads, a new haze to add to your lineup. Oh, good baseball theme, Jerry. Our seasonal Northwest red is full of sticky, dank tangerine hop character with just the right amount of malt to accompany you through the warmer days ahead. Balanced and drinkable, a perfect companion for your spring adventures. I knew it was a spring beer, but I totally didn't catch that lineup. That is a nice little happy accident. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right off the bat, is it a hazy? It's definitely cloudy. Yeah, definitely cloudy red there, but... I'd say that's the bare minimum you could get by calling yourself a hazy. Yeah. Barely there. There's a lot of light coming through that, and I can you can see the bubbles like on the side of the glass through you know, up through the top. I don't know, what do you guys think? Uh it smells like a real hopped up malted red. Yeah, that's a good description. And I like it. Uh, but it's saying it's a Northwest red, and that makes sense because you're going to get a little bit more of those danky, earthy flavors with it. But you, I still get that kind of chocolatey, biscuity malt you want from a red. Mm-hmm. I think they play this wonderfully. I really enjoy this. 
You get any haze in it, though? Well, I mean, haze is really just a more of a look than a taste. Just it's not like a whole thing, like smell and, you know, and I don't think so. I think maybe the idea of a hazy is to kind of lighten it up. Yeah, I I would say if it doesn't have as much bite, but you still want as much, still as much like stickiness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it does kind of have a, a taste to it, maybe. I think they tend to be like a little more smoother and a little more juicier if you mm-hmm. were like than a non-hazy. But yeah, yeah, I was looking for that description as Big Head said mm-hmm. when I when I heard haze. Well, it definitely seems a little fluffier in the mouth than a normal red mm-hmm. does. Yeah. So in that sense, I would say yeah. It's it's quite interesting. It's like it has a hazy profile, but then you get the malt behind it, and that's throwing me off. Yeah, but very drinkable though. Yeah, it's just it's very new to. My palate, that combo. Is it a good new? I'm not sure yet. Pass me for a while. I'm going to think about it. Mm, I like it. Takes his time, processes his thoughts. What do you think, Vic? And also, do you guys think, sorry to uh, cut you off before you talk. There's a two-part question. (laughs) I just wasn't done yet. So technically you cut me off. Uh, I see. Uh, That's a good uh one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you, is there anything springy about this? Mm. Think about that. I mean, yeah, when, when, when you think of springtime, we think of um, just a little bit more, I mean, more citrus, a little bit more fruit forward, maybe as far as that's concerned. I don't get a whole lot of that, but I do get a lot more fluffy, a lot more, um, a lot more smoothness to it. Um, I personally, I like this a lot. I think it's very, ju- it's juicy, very drinkable, and a, it, it is what it purports itself to be with that malt backbone and more of that red sort of malty kind of. Flavor profile makes really well with the IPA, like the Northwest hops. Like, I, I really like this, man. I'd probably give it four. Sweet. I like it a lot. So when I think of spring, I think of like, you know, top down, sunshine, wind in my hair, um, you know, just a nice crisp day, but s- still full of sun, right? You know, you hit a sunbeam, you become like a cat, it just knocks you out. But this this is interesting in that I feel like it is more trying to straddle that line between all right I'm ready for something tropical I want spring break I'm hitting the beach mm. with my super white body <laughs> and uh, you know coming out of winter with the red you know that uh, it kind of fits because you know red having more of a nice malt backbone you want that kind of like you know, character in the beer to help keep you warm. It just, it just fits better. So this is, it, it's a new, totally new flavor for me. Um, new style, I should say of beer that I've had that I've ever had. And I guess this would be the perfect time to release that. I wouldn't want, I don't think I'd want something like this in the fall. Amazingly enough. I or think the it's dead of summer. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like that it's a springy beer. I don't think of it as a spring beer, but maybe that's because it's new. I don't know. Um, I think spring is the hardest season to define a beer for. Mm. Like, what is a spring beer? Because 
we're not at a time where many things bloom at the start of spring. It's late spring. Yes. So by the time you get that, then it's going to come out more as that, unless you're cooking with it immediately. You know, by the time it steeps and does its shit, steeps hand, uh, it's going to be a, a summer release at that point. So it's a it's a hard season to do. But there is something about this beer. I'm thinking like if it's my day off, I'm going to go for an afternoon walk with my dogs and do some day drinking. You know, I've got, got a couple good like canisters that will easily fit to maybe even three beers. Uh, put, you know, a couple beers in those canisters. Walk the dogs. Nice little hour walk. Drink those beers. This would be perfect with a nice like yeah, yeah. mid 70s. Sort of day doing that? Fuck yeah. Oh, get behind yeah. that. Absolutely. Not too hard. Like, I'm not going to be playing softball or do something that Move. requires a lot right. of movement or activity. No way. Maybe a disc golf, a nice, like, leisurely outdoor. A stroll. Leisurely. Stroll. Yeah. Um, but with that, I'd fuck it up all day. I agree. I'll give it a, a four. I like that rating. Yeah. Uh, agreed. I didn't give my rating earlier, but yeah, I'm going to join you guys for PK. Oh, yeah. We're circling back. Um, I, I I'm I'm just very surprised by the hazing, like the the fluffy haziness of it, and then the the red mop in the back, and then after you swallow, you get that dankness. And it's just all these, everything's coming at you, just, mm-hmm. and it's just it's very new to me that sensation. Like Bukaki flavors. Well, Bukaki is not new to me. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. The flavors are, but the sensation is. I'm, I am yeah. savoring these flavors. Yes. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> after hearing everybody, everybody else's opinions and drinking all of mine before everybody else had drinking all of theirs, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I also will give it a 4.0. Nice. <laughs> Makes it a Brunomics recommended beer. Um, it's 4.0 average. That's an easy average to do on that yeah. one. <laughs> all of us yeah, rated it four or higher. Even, even I can do that math. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, let's get started with our top 10 baseball movies. Uh, so this is our list. If you don't like it, you can feel free to share your thoughts with us or make your own fucking list. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we care what you think uh or it may not be on the list because either you're wrong and it shouldn't be on the list or it's possible none of us have seen it you know we only have so much time in our hands between the four of us and there are a lot of baseball movies out there yeah never been for a long time it's an old sport yeah it's a very old sport Mm -hmm. okay let's get started Number 10. Not even really a baseball movie, but it is a baseball movie. At least baseball is a major plot point around it. And it's a great fucking movie. Uh, I'm talking about Brewster's Millions. It came out in 1985. Uh, it's based off an old novel that came out in the early 1900s, which I'm forgetting the name of right now. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, they, this was like the eighth incarnation of it. Uh, it's essentially... Uh, a minor league baseball player in this case, the legendary, <laughs> excuse me, Richard Pryor, uh, was told, like a better word, you have 30 days to spend $30 million. Uh, you can't do it. You can't tell anybody about it. You can't donate anything to charity. Uh, there are a few other caveats. I can't remember what they all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then if you can spend this much money, which in 1985 is not the easiest task to do, you get like 10 times the amount of money, like $300 million. Uh, So he can't figure out what to do and essentially decides to pay the New York Yankees to have an exhibition game against his minor league baseball team. That's why it counts as a baseball movie. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, because I think one of the rules was you can't actually like own anything or like keep something or have yeah. something to that degree. It's, I, been, yeah. it's been a while since I've seen the yeah. movie, um, but we're not trying to get it too plotty in this because there may be a lot of these movies that you haven't seen and we don't want to take up too much of your time. Mm. We'll just give you some fun facts about the movie. Uh, the director to this movie uh, didn't want to do it at all. Uh, Walter Hill. Um, and the original director was out for whatever reason and he read the script and he thought it was silly. It wasn't up his alley because this is the guy that did 48 hours. He did a whole bunch of shit with Eddie Murphy. Uh, And if you rewatch the movie, there are a whole bunch of 48 hours Easter eggs just scattered throughout, which I love it. Uh, Like the bookie that took all the bets towards the end in the Yankees game uh, was wearing the exact same suit that Eddie Murphy was wearing in 48 hours. Not a look like the actual one. (laughs) Which I think is just super, super funny. Um, I thought this was a fun little fact. Kind of makes this movie a little bit of a time capsule. Uh, When the team's flying out to New York, you see the Statue of Liberty. It's covered in a whole bunch of scaffolding. And that's because there was a... Doctor Strange? A restoration. Sure. Uh, (laughs) A restoration taking place between 1984 to 1986 um, to extend it out like another hundred years. So Mm -hmm. you just see this cool little bit where they're taking that two-year time throughout history. And you'll know, always know that movie was filmed in 1984. That's cool. I just think that's a fun, silly little little fact. Also has nothing to do with baseball. Um, they had to shoot it in two parts because they started in L.A. And LA. the uh, Olympics kicked them out because that was where the Summer Olympics were. And so they moved to New York after that to finish and tried to make it look like it was the same locations the whole time. That's difficult. It's hard yeah, to do. Very difficult. And you can tell if you go back and watch it towards the end of the movie. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'll give you about this movie if you want to watch it it's free on youtube it's it's one of the few ones where you don't actually have to have a streaming service that you pay for just hop on youtube watch it for free it's amazing the amount of like quality movies you can see for free on youtube is this with ads or whatever free with ads it depends on if you pay for ads or not okay that makes sense yeah 10 second video you know right who cares but like i pay for no ads on youtube because it's only 10 bucks a month but it also comes with like youtube red and youtube music and a whole bunch of shit and i don't use not a sponsor but should be a sponsor fuck i'd love that hit us up google so i i just don't every time i somebody shows me something on youtube and an ad pops up i'm like oh yeah that's a thing that happens this is the only movie on a uh, movie on this list that I haven't seen. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's kind of an underrated gym. Again, not necessarily about baseball, but I wonder how much money it would have to be now. Because when it came out, and apparently a whole bunch of the original iterations, it was like if you can spend a million dollars, then you get ten million. Because hmm. it came out, I think it was 1908, and then by 85 had to bump it up to 30 million. Inflation. What would it be in 2022? Whoa, that's a good question. 100, 100 million? You think so? You can't right. if you can't own any of the assets. Exactly. Yeah. No charity. You can't tell anybody. You can't just give it away. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that'd be that'd be hard to do. That's a lot of high end services, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I don't know. No, now between private jets and certain hotels and yeah. like being able to rent fucking Richard Branson's Island in the Virgin Islands or whatever oh, it is. True. You could throw one heck of a concert too. Yeah. I'd throw massive parties and just charter planes across the world. <laughs> I would like to try. I'd like, I'd like the challenge. Yeah. I, I would take it. I'm not going to say no. Listen, yeah. I can spend well, money. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and our number nine pick. This is The Bench Warmers. This came out in 2006. Uh, this movie stars. What? Rob Schneider. Yeah. David Spade. John Lovitz. Um, John and Heater. John Heater. Yeah. And uh, also Craig Kilborn. A little bit. Huge cast in this one. Yeah. Tim Meadows. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of like their comedian friends and shit. Yeah, it's a it's a Happy Madison production, um, and uh, this this movie, I don't know, I I like that it has a place on our list because it really is about like going and playing baseball as a little kid on at a park, and you know there's always going to be a, someone on on your team that kind of sucks, but it this movie shows that it's important to include them. Yeah, don't be a fucking bully. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's the one thing I like about this is the anti-bullying message. Yes, yeah, yeah. and and that's that's for me what really makes preachy. it on the list. Yeah, without being preachy, in like it's a good way. It does one of the hardest things to do, I think, which is education through comedy without you knowing you're being educated. Yeah, it doesn't berate you with yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it is the movie gets quite ridiculous. Oh yeah, with how out there some of these characters are. But it's a happy Madison production. Yeah, exactly. Know what you're getting into. Um, Jerry actually has a couple notes here. Uh, he says that in an interview with Howard Stern, Adam Sandler said he specifically cast David Spade and Rob Schneider to force them to work together in order to smooth over a rift that the two had with each other. I'm guessing that this was like mm-hmm. an SNL thing, but we don't really know what what the rift was about. Mm-hmm. So, but he's like, I like you. I like you. We're friends. Figure it the fuck out. Go make this movie. Yeah. Adam Sandler's so cool like that. Yeah. I think like not not to go too off tangent, but and I'm I'm not a huge fan of all of his films by any stretch of the imagination. He has a whole lot of trash. But Adam Sandler seems like the peak person that money and fame didn't change him. It just made him more him. Yeah. yeah. Well look For at better or worse, whatever that may be. But it seems like he's kind of a cool dude overall. And it, it helps. I love that about him. <laughs> Look at the movie uh, Remember the Zohan or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of trash. But there's some gold in there, too. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the thing, uh, there's a scene in this in this movie where an older gentleman, and I mean older like our age, goes and plays for a youth kids team, and he's just drinking the whole time. Uh, and that's actually apparently based on an actual event. Um so uh, Danny Amante, originally from the Dominican Republic, was playing for a U.S. team from New York City. He was found to be too old. He was actually 14 and not 12, which was the original cutoff age. He had a forged birth certificate and his team won their regional competition uh, and were eliminated in the semifinals of the Little League World Series. But as a result of the scandal, the entire team was disqualified and had their records erased because, you know, baseball, they, they do keep their records all locked. Um, coach is banned also for life from Major League or Little League Baseball. 
Yeah. I would take that shit seriously. <laughs> oh, dude. oh, absolutely. But it's so funny how many times it's been parodied since there too. Like I've been rewatching Arrested Development and they have the company softball game. Uh, same thing. Ringer. Yeah. Ringing yeah. this giant, like, you know, 34 year old, huge Puerto Rican has a birth certificate that's literally in like crayon that just says I'm 12 on it <laughs> then rewatching 30 rock and in order to get their team to win uh, like the little league team that they're sponsoring grizzin.com are playing his kids just these massive massive dudes it's just all over but yeah i think we've all made fun of it but it yeah it's a real uh, thing. it happens there's actually another scene in this movie that i actually really related with and that uh at one point when john Hader is up to bat he crouches down because he's scared of the ball being thrown at him and when he does that, he uh, the ball was you know aimed at his head or whatever to hit him, and he crouches down, but he's still holding the bat up. And by coincidence, the ball hits the bat and goes into play. <laughs> and that actually happened to me when I played little league. That's amazing! <laughs> wow. So that's nuts. I totally read it. like that. Actually, does happen. So that's amazing. It's I thought you were going to say you get in the shower with your wife and just pee. No, that's that's a different character, and that's not what happens. It happened in the movie though. I don't know. You do weird things. Apparently, you do weird things. Apparently, that was something normal. That's true. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'll take number eight here. Uh, uh, We have Angels in the Outfield. This has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, right? Yes. Yes. This is where he is (laughs) too young to even recite his lines. Okay. Yeah, Um, he was a wee one. Yeah. I'm not the... I'm the least biggest baseball fan here. And uh, Jerry was kind enough to make us a list to help me out <laughs> with facts of the movies. Uh, it came out in 94, which I do not remember. It's a real long, t- that's a real long time ago. Yeah. And again, uh, 92 baseball movies came out in 1994. Jesus Christ. I don't know that to be true, but <laughs> it's a lot. Probably pretty close. There was yeah. one with a monkey even called Ed. Yeah. I told oh. you from Matt LeBlanc. This had to deal with um, foster kids, right? It did. He was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a foster kid. And I can't remember what it was, but was there was something that he would get placed with a permanent family if the angels won the pennant. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, the idea was that like his father was like kind of a piece of shit was like trying to leave his mom. There's like a statement. I just watched the trailer earlier. That's how I know this. But. JGL asks his dad, like, when do you think we're going to be a family again? His dad's like, when the angels won the pennant. And then he's like, oh, okay. So that's what. There we go. Which was considered ridiculous because up to this point, the angels were a god awful fucking team. Yeah. So that's why that was a big deal. They never won the pennant. They never even, I don't even think, made it to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Um, That's right. So he prays to win or for them to win the pennant. And then angels come and get involved. And. The plot. They helped them win. Yes, yes. Yeah. And they had that that angel. Yeah, oh, flat. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Now it's all coming okay. together. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I remember that Disney moment. Yeah. yeah. I love this one as a kid. Oh, me too. It was man. a lot of fun. Beautiful. Plus, my grandpa had coached my sister's softball team, and they were the angels. So it was just, you know. Good connection. Yeah. Right on, man. You know, when you're kids. Being kids. What uh, special facts you got about this film here? Oh, uh, uh, okay. Well, the character of Hank Murphy, the oh, Angels owner. Of course. He is loosely based on an actor and country music star, Gene Autry. Gene Autry. Gene Autry. Yeah. Right down to the cowboy hat. 
I don't know what this person looks like. That's all right. That's fair. Cool. Unfortunately, Mr. Audrey passed away in 98 in October when the Anaheim Angels won the 2002 World Series and they dedicated their win to him. That's really sweet, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what AL means. American League. Uh, okay, cool, cool. So at the time of the production release, the Angels, who entered the American League in 1961, had won an AL pennant or appeared in the World Series and were best known for their collapses in the ALCS. A lot of, a lot of acronyms here. Championships. There we go. There we go. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really trying here. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, the Angels lost their appearances in the 1979, 82, and 86. What does that mean? Their appearances? They just blew it. They, 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 they blew their game. Yeah. Every oh. time. Every time. Oh. So, uh, eight years after the movie's release, the Angels won both the franchise's first AL pennant and World Series. Oh, okay. That's cool. They won the championship in 2002. Mm-hmm. And um, it's streaming, if you guys want to know this. Uh, uh, nowhere unless you have cable. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thought. Yeah. This movie exists as a fond memory for everybody at this <laughs> yeah. moment. I'm surprised it's not on Disney because I thought it was a Disney movie. Uh, it, it is a Disney Buy movie. Buy it off Amazon. Right. Uh, and if you guys want to watch Bench Warmers, that's on HBO. Max. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention that. You dick. <laughs> Real dick move. <laughs> Real. Let's drink another beer, huh? Let's do that. Oh, about that. Sounds about right. Let's let's get into that. In it to win. Okay, our second beer is which one? The icicle. Icicle. <laughs> uh, this is from Icicle Brewing Company. Whom's is from's. Jesus Christ, Wilming! I'm going to throw that chair out the goddamn room. I am sorry, man. Know, every it's not your fault. It's every second, I. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> They're from Washington. Uh, so, Icicle Brewing Company, uh, Peak Seeker West Coast IPA, coming in at six point nine giggity percent. So this is their uh, Tumwater version of this. It's a. Uh, they have got a what bunch water? tum water tum water yeah so tum water is a city in washington um kind of over by the south kind of over near vancouver or portland correct and uh but the peak seeker series from icicle they've got a bunch of different kinds and um just wanted to make sure we were calling out the correct one when uh you know that way you know what we're talking about oh yeah they've got like a summit seeker peak seeker outer space Paradise, Evergreen, all this stuff. But the one that we're talking about um, is the West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. Does it have anything on the can for us to read? You want to? After running Class 5 whitewater down the turbulent Tumwater Canyon on the Wenatchee River, this peak seeker is just the reward you desire. This is the fifth release of our modern West Coast IPA series and features a ridiculous amount of strata hops with mosaic, citrus, Simcoe, and Chinook rounding out the hop bill. Expect notes and aromas of juicy citrus, tropical fruits, grapefruit, and a hint of pine on the crisp finish. The malts provide a smooth mouthfeel while letting the character of the hops flow through. All right. And the front of the can, the artwork, the, is that a kayak? Mm Mm-hmm. Kayak and paddle. It's watercolor by Chelsea Courtney. Oh, that's lovely. Two first names. C squared. Never trust somebody with two first names. (laughs) You said that for a long time, but is that something from a movie or is that just uh, from? Is that just you? Uh, Talladega Nights. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's got two first names. Like, it sounds like. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have any basis for that whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, motherfuckers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. Oh, also, this uh, beer is wonderfully brought to us from Robert. We thank you very much for your kind donation. Wow. Reach out to us if you want to uh, get us beer. Anybody out there in uh, podcast land, we will happily accept and we will get you instructions on how to do so. It's brunomics at gmail.com. We'll make it easy for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is fucking piney as hex. I mean, it does say piney on there. I'm not getting a whole lot of the citrus just because I feel like I'm, I'm literally chewing on pine needles. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair, man. Soaked in tum water. Yeah, it, it, the description on Untapped says hint of pine, and that is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, I, I feel like I have a Christmas tree in my mouth. Yeah, with the like mosaic and like Simcoe Chinook hops, like that's a combination that's just gonna just exacerbate the the pine the pine needle taste there. I feel like I was hiking, tripped. And went ah, and fell down and bit a branch of pine tree right on a, a like a sap pus thing, and it just all kind of released its kind of like you're chewing on a pine cone, mm-hmm. like a really green pine cone. Uh, mm. And do I mean that in a negative way? You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Yeah. yeah. Do I? I do. Yeah. Wasn't super positive. Yeah. Mm. Nice. This is very. This is a very West Coast, and I'm I'm kind of surprised because this is typically your style of of uh, beer, Jerry, and that you kind of like it a little bit more. You know, pine, I pine like citrus, it a little bit more dank. Up. Yeah, a little danky. But this is. I don't know if it's because I haven't really been drinking lately. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know. Even, oh my God, like, excuse me on that, Bert, but now how much pine I taste that just came out of my mouth kind of reinforces that. It's just too much on the pine. Like you would be riding the pine, as it were. (laughs) Hey. Oh, great baseball reference. You're welcome. Yeah. Put the, you know what? Let this one ride the pine for a bit. (laughs) Put it on the fucking bench. Oh, that's what that means? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a good thing. No. You don't want to do it. It's not positive. <laughs> I smell all the pine, but I don't get that strong taste you guys are getting. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you getting on the taste? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what's going on in your mouth, feels. Your haircut looks awesome, by the way, PK. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. I noticed these things. <laughs> See? Look, we both said something. I said it off air, but <laughs> I want the credit. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm getting the citrus notes when I taste it. Um... The pine is just is when I when I when I smell it the floral bit and then when I breathe it out as well I'm getting that pine sensation but not not on my tongue though I get a little prickly on my tongue but it's nothing piney okay which is mm. very interesting when you guys are like you just fucking taste that fucking air freshener mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so exactly that's quite interesting yeah 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 we we're one I don't with I don't find it unpleasant either okay we're one with the pine saw you what are. do you think are we uh, what do we think? are we out uh, out of sorts here Vic you said it was a little piney is it as oh, piney as we're making it out no to it's be? definitely piney um, pee, it's, yeah. it's coming through pretty strong there um, I mean yeah it's no I would say it's very akin to a mouthful of pine there for me personally as well um, how do you feel about that I mean it's uh, yeah I think I, you were right to kind of like try to rest on a positive or negative element there but it's for me it's not super positive because I don't super enjoy that amount of 
taste in my mouth, but it's not terrible. I mean, I just, I wouldn't seek it out personally. I'm like, I'm really 50, 50 here. It's I'm on the line here just because of the way that this beer is kind of affecting uh, my taste buds right now. So hard to say. Uh, Two beers so far have really just danced around our palates. Yeah. Quite interesting. Uh, All right. Rate it. Somebody, somebody start. You like your Paul. You start us off. I'll go. I'll go. I didn't hate it. Um, I get a lot of grapefruit. I don't know if you guys do or not. I'm not the biggest fan of the grapefruit taste. I hate grapefruit. I'm not, okay. I don't mind it, but I just, you know, I don't search it out. Okay. Um, that being said, it's not. I know, I right? Yeah. You know, I'm putting it out there. Okay. Sail you know, high-fiving a million angels. Sure. 3.25. I don't hate it. Um, no, oh, sorry, go ahead. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know if I would choose it. Sure. After yeah. this. Yeah. Sure. Uh, is grapefruit a white people fruit? Yes. No. No? I don't like grapefruit. Yeah. It is a bit, it is a bit <laughs> of a white, a white person thing, but. But, well, you've got weird taste buds. I do. Uh, when it comes to foods. But I'm, I'm like thinking about it. And it just seems like, I don't know. If you're one of like those people, people that, that really love grapefruit, if you're one of the people that has like a grapefruit spoon because they have a specific spoon and like doles out the sugar on top of it and cuts it in half and that's what you're eating for breakfast in the morning on like a super white plate in your sunroom. Yeah, it's a white person food. But uh, to that point, oh, you got a sunroom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you have <laughs> really if you have a specific spoon that's not like a spoon, you're it, probably white. It's a serrated spoon. Yeah. With the exception of like maybe a wonton spoon or something like that. But <laughs> other than that, if you're like, yeah, it's a, a soup spoon or a grapefruit spoon or a cantaloupe spoon or what else do you Caviar spoon. spoon. Ice cream spoon. It's just like, all right, why do we get it? Yeah. You got spoons. No, to Will's point, I've been there several times. So I, it, it is a white person's food. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. No, that's kind of. Oh, you've been at those houses. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your job. Walk in both it. worlds. I, I walk both worlds, man. <laughs> I truly do. I don't I don't think people truly uh, understand all that. All right, Blade. Right yeah. Uh, Blade. <laughs> <laughs> fucking true story. Um, no, I, yeah, I, it's a, it's a hard one just because of the, the taste profile on that one. Like, like Paul said, I'm not seeking it out. Um, it's, it's okay, but I'm going to go with a three, honestly, like. It's it's fine. Are you guys not getting how piney it is in the smell though? Because I get that I'm not, so much. Honestly, I'm not getting the grapefruit element to it, which is interesting to me that you are. That's more of a. Is it more of a grapefruit specific or is yeah, it like, like a the stone fruit? Of the fruit. Oh, okay, gotcha. and then like this is it's so far away from my face, but I'm getting so much pine smell right now. Interesting. I feel like on the nose, I can get. It's like. Grapefruit juice, real grapefruit juice that was poured on dirty feet. <laughs> no, I could see that because of the the hot profile that was mm-hmm. utilized. Yeah, I could see that. It's danky. Yeah. It almost smells like durian. That fruit. Oh. I don't know. You guys have had it. It's not I've a never, good I've fruit. Never, I know. I, I understand what it is and that notorious it's smell, but I've never prickly had the fruit. pleasure yeah, it smells bad. Yeah. yeah. It's really like sweet, though. It's really sweet and tasty. Um, but it smells like feet. I would give this a... I I really don't like this. Okay. I'd give it a two. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
Well, uh, yeah. The, by the way, the way I would describe, because it is a West Coast IPA, so it's definitely bitter. Um, but is it, a, it is a bright bitter, but not a tropical bitter. Um, I'm going to give this a 1.75. I don't like it. Gotcha. Yeah. A little below normal there. I mean, if it's a really hot day and I got nothing else, I'll drink it. But yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, I guess we should move on. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this brings us to number seven on our list, which is Rookie of the Year. This movie came out in 1993. Man, I love this movie. Um, this movie taught me about like wanting things and creating goals and like, you know, even though things may just be like a little outside your ability to get to them, like it's not impossible. And like Henry Rowan Gardner was like, this kid was my jam. Like, I thought he was magic the way that he like encapsulated the role and what was going on. Like, and there's this really lovely, fantastical element here. Like, uh, if you're not familiar with a movie, essentially Henry Rowan Gardner is, he's a kid like, um, on the East coast, um, loves the Cubs, um, wants to play baseball, kind of getting bullied at school, um, ends up getting hurt, like breaks his arm, his arm overheals itself. Like his tendons, like get healed too tightly. Superpower. Yeah. And so when he gets his cast off, essentially his arms are like hyper, like super intense. And so he can, his arm travels very quickly. Didn't he like break the doctor's nose when the cast came off or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as soon as he gets his cast off and he's, the doctor's checking his arm reflexes, like he's like, all right, now move your arm forward. And since his arms like hyper, like reflexive, it goes boom. Like it's so fast. And the the doctor's like, oh my gosh, you broke my nose. Funky butt loving. That's right. That's right. And like his friends, like, did you just say funky butt loving? I'm pretty sure he just, (laughs) like, this great scene you're like yeah that's how a 12 year old would react to that that's some phenomenal um yeah and so like this kid essentially somehow goes i don't know gets somehow recruited to play um for cut for the chicago cubs and um he's a pitcher and he doesn't know what that's like and there's a lot of anxieties like pitfalls trials and tribulations he's trying to balance his like personal life at the same time he's trying to work through this weird like situation he's in and then yeah, he's playing baseball, and then it's well, isn't his like? Didn't his dad just leave him too? Or yeah, did a long time ago. So yeah, trying no. to find love for his mom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's got a single mom. She's trying to do her thing, trying to raise him. She's in this super intense situation. He's got this piece of shit manager now involved in the situation. He was like trying to take advantage of him, so they're trying to navigate that. I mean, like this act movie is very complex, but there's a boatload of heart to it, which I find to be incredibly phenomenal. Um, and like there's this beautiful moment at the end, like. Like where his arm like actually reverts to like normal and it's not healed but he's still like in the middle of a giant game and he like still brings the noise here with a couple of silly like uh, change-ups and like slow balls that throw a uh, they're the other teams, um, and he just he's got yeah, some trick plays. He's got some tricks plays that they did with baseball, really old school, like special stuff that occurred. So yeah, and this, I don't know, this movie just like gets you like at the moment, and like I, I find that movies like this just really like it. I actually really with all these movies, baseball's kind of like the secondary thing, while the the primary thing is like these people's lives and the way that they live them and what's happening with them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. 
it's pretty cool. I like, think that's one thing that I, I, that's a really good point. I'm glad you bring that up, Vic. When I was going through this, and I was like, what I really like about this is, yeah, baseball's a point in the movie, but it's either a story about overcoming adversity, family. Maybe it's just a good old fashioned comedy. Sure. But the, the way you can throw comedy and mix it in with baseball and drama and all that, it's just it, it a very versatile tool to use in a movie. Yeah, because it's something like everybody can really relate to. It's the it's the just the gel that binds everything together and like somehow. Yeah, exactly. And somehow (laughs) like they're playing of the game is they're overcoming what they are in their personal lives in the game that sort of comes together in these beautiful moments. And no, I just I think it's really good, especially like baseball in general does this really well. But sports movies kind of hit on this a whole lot. but yeah, no, I love this movie, man. It just, it just made my day as a child. And so, like, there's a couple special things that were going on here. Like, some of the main through lines were when um, Rowan Gardner is uh, kind of dealing with this new coach. He definitely doesn't want him to be there. And he just starts making up names like, hey, Ruling Father, or hey, Garden Hoser, or hey, Robbie Boozer, or hey, Rosenbagger, Runamaker. <laughs> just he goes through so many different names. Uh, and he's like, man, this guy never gets my name right. And until the end of the movie, where it fucking pays off. When he so earned his hard, respect. Where he earned right. his respect. That moment where the old grizzled coach was like, all right. Yeah. No, I thought that was rad. Something I didn't know, though. Fucking Gary Busey had a fake mustache. It was a glorious mustache. I remember always thinking. Everyone that, like, remembers him mustache, with that mustache. Man. And it was so, a fucking fake. So furry, man. I didn't even know that. God, that's solid. Um, yeah, no, super cool. Streaming on Disney Plus right now. Check it out, man. If it didn't just take you back to a better time. And yeah, Will and I were having a fun little argument amongst each other on what was a better movie, this or Angels in the Outfield. Mm -hmm. We had a disagreement. So Mm -hmm. we were like, oh, you know what? We'll leave it to the people. So we put a full poll on Facebook and one on Twitter. Uh And on Twitter, uh, Angels in the Outfield won, but just barely. Mm. Well, the the total votes were like six, it wasn't six votes. Either. It was like, like seven. Four, four to two or uh, something. On like Facebook, that. Yeah. we had a lot more. Uh, and the rookie of the year crushed, just destroyed, yeah. like double the amount of votes. I get yeah. it. No, I get it. Yeah, because it's funny because you want to be that kid. You want to be Henry. You mm-hmm. you want to relate to him. Like with uh, JGL's character in Angels in the Outfield, like he was really more of an observer. But when it puts you in the game, that's a whole nother absolutely. It, yeah. And that's a really good point. Really good point. Um, all right, and our I got I got two words for you. Hot ice. Hot ice. Hot ice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number six. Oh my gosh. This uh, next movie is Moneyball. This came out in 2012 and uh, starred Brad Pitt and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jonah Hill, and wasn't Amy? No, that was a different baseball movie. Yeah. That was uh, Trouble with the Curve. That's right. Well, I guess because they Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah. Chris Pratt was in this. Yeah, he played first base because his uh, knees were shot as a catcher. Um, So, yeah, this movie is... uh, Written by Aaron Sorkin, uh, famous for The West Wing. Um, he's kind of one of his first like movie rights that he had ever done. Before that, he'd always kind of done television. Um, so it definitely has that same kind of cadence, I will, I will say, where people talk a little bit fast. Well, he rewrote it, and you can absolutely tell the parts where Sorkin came in and asked yes. to it. It was like, yeah, oh, that's a Sorkinism right there. Like, yeah, 100%. And... and 
Yeah, you know it when you see it. I just watched this movie like two days ago. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. You almost should be talking about it. But because, um, yeah, you have a, a line in here on your notes about uh, a part of the movie that was pretty accurate, but not accurate about Art Howe. And I don't even remember who that is in the movie. Well, Art Howe's the manager, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So oh, and in the okay. movie, uh, when they're losing it first, when Billy Bean's trying to... Uh, essentially, you know, to break it down, the Oakland Athletics were a franchise that had $35 million and they were supposed to compete in the same division as somebody like the New York Yankees who have $150 million a season on the payroll. So your, your odds are, you know, a little askew there. So as them trying to put it together, he's in, a, you know, meeting with other owners, sees Jonah Hill's character, um, kind of realizes there's something a little bit different talks to him and is like it's not about major players because the A's just lost a bunch of we, I won't bore you with the names really big baseball players uh, and he's like but it, it's not about the money it's ultimately what's baseball about getting on base scoring runs, scoring runs. that's what wins games offense because um, it's it, really hard to hit the ball it really is and it doesn't matter if you get on base if you get hit if you get walked if it's a single it does if it's an error it doesn't matter fucking get on base that's what matters yep uh and how can we do that for the least amount of money possible there's your premise for the movie mm-hmm. yep and the coach are how the manager is not about it he's like you're playing the wrong players at the wrong position your lineups wrong he's like no it's not i promise it'll work just do it. Put and this guy in it first. Like, you're like, I don't or, fucking know how to run a baseball. So there's that argument um, that forces Billy Bean essentially to cut all the players. He's playing ahead of the ones he wants. Yeah. So it forces his hand. And that's when they start winning. Um, Art Howe says he was never consulted for the movie. Yeah. And that's not how it went down. No. He's the only one that says that. Interesting. <laughs> Nobody else kind of has his back. He's like, I wasn't that sort of asshole. I tried to play the game with him. And it's like, everyone else says you didn't. At the so. same time, you kind of. <laughs> so I, like, I heard like, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. There's actual history there. And every movie needs a villain. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. So that that's that, that's pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I love this movie, Moneyball. Yeah. It's real fun. Actually, I sorry, I cut you off, Paul. Go, go I didn't ahead. think I would like it. And then Jerry was like, watch it. And I was like, fucking fine. And I was like, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> and I think a lot of that has to do. I mean, it was really well written, but with the glory of Aaron Sorkin, too. I mean, the guy that came in before Aaron Sorkin, just his writing is there's a reason the West Wing's like the number one TV show of all time. And a lot of other things he does is it's just it's like a modern day Shakespeare. Yeah, you can't improv. You can't. Well, it's it's funny. And I guess this totally off the wall has nothing to do with the the movie. But Aaron Sorkin is such a tight ass, I guess, in West Wing. Like if you were walking and the line had I am and you said I'm. Do it again. Nope. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It because was the and you said uh you, or a. Nope. Do it again. Exactly. <laughs> he wants what's on the page. He yeah. he writes language and considers it essentially like a, a symphony. And if you say the wrong word, that's like hitting the wrong note. Exactly. Because he wants it to play. He wants the actual cadence of what is said to sound melodic. I don't care if it was a B. It was supposed to be B flat. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that up. You fucked it yep. up again. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. 99 notes. You got one wrong or you got one wrong. 
re- do another take. Do it all. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, the cast would be there sometimes till like I mean, I guess three in the morning. I was listening to a, a podcast with Rob Lowe, and he never interrupts the scene or stops it. But there's somebody on set whose job is to have a script and go through. And anytime something's wrong, you come in, you walk in from the wrong side, the wrong time, you're just circling, and they'll go back. All right. Got to redo this, but you fucked up here. You fucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. That's intense. No, thank you. That's hard. That's hard to deal with. I mean, it, got, it just it was the professionalism of the room. I mean, and that was kind of a John Wells production, and he was the one that maintained that uh, standard and allowed Aaron to to do that. And I think it shows with the quality of the work. Yeah. So. Uh, let's move on to our next m- movie. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, if you want to watch Money. Yes, gosh, I'm so sorry. It's on Netflix. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I, I also own Moneyball, so if you want to borrow, just let me know. There you oh, go. Nice. And so people, whoever's options. listening. Just reach out. If you don't have Netflix, but you're kind enough to reach out, Paul, let you borrow his VHS of Moneyball. If you actually reach out, yeah, I will let you borrow my DVD of Moneyball. <laughs> All right, uh, that's our first five. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Cool. All right. Cheers. Okay, let's move on to another beer before we finish up this list here. Hi, Evie. Uh, This is our (laughs) I Tap That segment. Coming from our friends at Mother Earth Brewing Company, this is the Heavy Cloud Hazy IPA. Another brand new beer coming at you. Yeah, this is a year-round beer, brand new. We did one a couple weeks ago with Payette. They just had a new year-round beer. This is a new year-round for Mother Earth, bringing it to you. Um, I picked this up, I want to say, at at Winco for like nine bucks. So, yeah. Cool. That went, ooh. For a six-pack. That was a good pop. Yeah, that was a good pop. It never fails also. Uh, as soon as we start, the dogs end up pushing the door open and walking into the room. Yeah. She's part of the show. Yeah. She just likes to be a part of it. her house. Exactly. We're just living in it. <laughs> uh, if only she'd help pay the bills. <laughs> she pays it with that booty. <laughs> <laughs> She's on the table. It's adorable. Look at that. All right. Yeah. Coming in at 6.8%. Let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. My Mother Earth had opened their their beer room right next to my office, by the way. So you guys oh, are want to come on by. Third? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Third Street downtown. Just drink with me Tap over room. there. Okay. Or we can go to Boise Brewing or we can go to any other brewery around me. I actually found uh, a map um, that has all 10 breweries in downtown Boise. And um, it's like mapped out. And so you, literally you could walk in. It's only like three miles. But the last five are all within seven blocks. It's pretty. It's going to be pretty awesome. I don't know. Stay tuned. We might have some for you. It's a good walk. Uh, On Untapped, Heavy Cloud from Mother Earth Brewing. You already said uh, 6.8 ABV, I'm pretty sure, JB. Yeah. The rest of the description says, leaning on a slightly higher finished gravity than adjunct sugars for body. Heavy Cloud is lactose-free and features the smooth, low-bitterness impression that fans of the style love. A cloud-like haze is derived from a generous bill of wheat and oats. Finally, the aroma and flavor scream tropical oasis, passion fruit, pineapple, lychee, and coconut. 
I'm, I get the lychee, which is a very subtle flavor mm. on there. Um, I wasn't sure because I like. I don't really get a lot from the aroma. I do get a little bit of passion fruit, a little bit of the the kind of tropics, but really light. But when I took that first sip, let me take another just to make sure. Just to make sure. I'm getting real close here. I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. Um, I love it. This is wonderful. This is a hazy I can get behind. This might be like the best hazy I've ever had. Oh, really? Ooh, I really, really enjoy this. I'm surprised how much I enjoy You know, I like Mother Earth. They do a good job. They do their IPAs pretty fucking well, but this is phenomenal. Yeah, and at 6.8, like, that's that's what's crazy to me. I'm a sucker for lychee, though. Yeah? Love that flavor. Mm. Love, love it. No, this is good. I like the the oat profile and the wheat profile that's yeah. coming through. Like the pineapple actually is more subtle than the lychee, though. I see what you're saying, man. And yeah, that tropical fruit with the haze, super smooth, nice ABV. This is real good. This is real good. This beer I can get behind real quick and in a hurry, man. I like it. It's a full body, you know, like yeah, like. Just from the from the tip of your from the lips to your swallow, that's just a full body. Just I wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't get any coconut. Mm. Not even a hint of. Yeah, that is the one flavor I'm missing as well right now. Ditto. And thank God for that. As far as I'm concerned, then why even bring it up in the fucking conversation? <laughs> right, Mother but, Earth. Uh, again, coconut's another one that's hard to get. It's a very subtle one until it's incredibly overpowering. So I just mm. rather get the fuck on. Maybe they have to put it there in case you notice it. They're like, sorry, guys. It's there. It's we there. just want to call it out. You first. just need to. <laughs> uh, I'll write it first. Go ahead. Um, by the way, I love the the artwork on the can. It literally is just uh, white clouds with like the billowy part of the cloud being the actual silver part of the metal of the can, which is it just looks cool. And then a top bright orange makes it stand out. So, you know what you're looking for. Um, but I'm going to give this a 4.25. I, I love this, this hazy IP. It's great. It incredibly drinkable, really smooth. It's good. It's uh, juicy. Nice. I'll, I'll go next just because I would describe if this beer were a person, here's how I would describe it. And I'm going to say it this way because it's a line that I think was in Moneyball. He's going to uh, make it Because I just watched it and it, it's not sexual. <laughs> Uh, but it first. was it was really fucking funny. It was it was the scouts. Uh, they had a line, and I can't remember who they were talking about. But they were like, "He's the sort of dude that when he walks into a room, his dick was there two minutes earlier." <laughs> <laughs> and how did you not make it sexual? There? That's not sexual. That's just saying it exudes big dick energy. The BDE, okay. yeah. old BDE. This beer exudes big dick energy, and that line was a big dick energy before big dick energy. It was, was a thing exactly. There. Which is nuts. Uh, Where do you get big dick energy drink? Can I get... If you got to ask me. Bro, exactly. yeah, you can't... They, so that, that's, is, that's okay. the problem right that's there. That's your swag. That's my problem. Um, All right. Four, five. You know, four, seven, five. I am, this is amazing. I'm in love with this beer. Yeah. yeah. You found a new standard for you. Mm-hmm. Would you tap it? Mm. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, yeah. I'd tap it too. Yes, I was about to. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's getting. We're tapping each other. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. That's a good yeah. tap. I don't want to try pegging now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna go full tilt in the other direction there. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, he's making you change teams. He's gonna, go, he's gonna go full full symbi- symbiosis. No, I'm not with changing like teams. Symbi- I'm just trying new things. You're willing to allow we'll see it. See where it goes. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is a great beer. Opening um, my horizons. I don't. I mean, and I'm my open, anus. But I don't know if I'm that open. <laughs> um, I, this is a great beer. Um, I love everything about it as well. I'm gonna go four on this beer. Um, I would definitely tap it. I could drink this for a good amount of time. I'm not getting the 6.8 ABV. The mouthfeel alone is just something to. I, you know, call other people about and let them know. I'm like, hey, did you put this in your mouth? You should, because it's quite exuberant and amazing. Um, no, four all day, man. Definitely tapping her. I, I I always lean towards more of a fruity beer. It's yeah. just more pleasant to me. Um, I think when it comes to the coconut, it may it may come from just the drinkability of it. The um, it's almost like as thick as it would be at coconut milk. When you, if you ever had just coconut milk from coconut, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, there's a bit of a thickness to it, which I think I'm getting from this beer, but I'm not tasting it, but I also very much enjoy it as 4.0. I would have it. Gotcha. Yeah. This is our second beer of the night. That is a Brunomics recommended. And also this has got tap. So shoot, man, go find this beer. Uh, it should be available anywhere in Idaho. I would guess Oregon, Washington, and, uh, definitely California, Southern California, for sure. Well, Mother Earth has the best distribution in, out of all Idaho breweries. Yeah. They're, I think they're even in New York now, too. I think they, they are. I think they remember from our, uh, when we did our interview with him, go check that one out. He said in South Korea, they got voted like the number one IPA in the world or something. One of their beers. I can't yeah. Remember. Yeah, oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah they're Buku. Why? Was it the Buku? It was the Buku. Like, either way. I was like, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. People love that Buku. Back to the list. To the list. All right. Let's finish this bottom half out here. Coming in at number five. You know, I like being a bottom. Coming in at 1989, there is Major League. Fucking love this movie. Who doesn't like fucking Major League? Who doesn't find Major League funny? I don't want to meet that person. If we do, it's going to be the first fight I've ever had in my life. Ooh, big words. Big words. For a big Might say major words. Oh, shit, son. Get it out the way. Anyway, it's a spoop on baseball, essentially. (laughs) Um, Nope, I don't need you guys' help here, but... Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Uh-huh. Um, Wesley Snipes. Thank you. Yeah. Tom Berenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking uh, uh, Dennis Haysbert. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and more. And just a lot more. Yeah. And it, I would say this is one of the movies that helped me like baseball. Even though it's nothing like it, it would be nothing like it. But it's a I I wanted to be in those scenarios of just like enjoying myself, being the hero. Um also being in those scenarios, like I, I wanted like a voodoo friend, a guy who's a super into voodoo, and just give me good luck or bad luck. Dude, the the hairstyles, the lifestyle, especially in the late 80s, uh, like what Charlie Sheen brought to this role, he was fucking in it. Mm-hmm. This movie changed a lot of weird things about baseball for just being a movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was until this movie, closing pitchers never came out to their own. 
Music? Music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And this one brought it out, and I can't remember the name of the player, um, but he was a closing pitcher that did the same thing, like huh. shaved his head, back of his head in that weird design that Charlie Sheen had in this and came out to wild things. The fan were oh, I remember that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That That's started cool. it. Mm-hmm. That started That's amazing. It. Yeah, this movie started hmm. it, dude. Like it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it brought, pretty a little, brought a little pomp and circumstance to the situation, huh? Okay. And why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Indeed, <laughs> man, that's great. Will and I are playing softball again now. We're on the same team, uh, and there's so much I'm thinking about, like texting everybody on the team and be like, "Send me a walk-up song." Oh and I'm just going to create a playlist where when they come up, mm-hmm. bring one of my fucking you know Bluetooth speakers. As soon as they walk up, just play whatever. So great, is. man! I fully encourage that. That's what you yeah, should right? do. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm gonna. Yeah, we should. should make that happen. Yeah. So I guess while we're at it, let's just take a quick uh, detour. Do you guys have an immediately <laughs> immediate thought of what your walk-up song would be? I go first. It's not. It's not readily available right now. Oh boy, I don't know if I have one right away either. Oh, uh, I would do. <laughs> you asked, man. Well, there's I mean, a lot of possibilities. There, there, there are a lot of possibilities, and I feel like it would be ever changing too. Mm. It either have to be something super punk rock or something with a super good beat. Like Run the Jewels has a few songs. That right, that's a good one. Some good walk up ones. I I suck in that I can't remember the name of the song, but it's the really awesome walking music in Kill Bill. That would be pretty awesome. To, oh, to do. Um, Battle Without Honor. Yes, yeah. thank you. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could that totally, would, I could rock that. That's actually great. I, that's I great think one. mine would be Jizz in My Pants. <laughs> jizz, <laughs> in my, jizz in My Pants. Jizz yes, my pants. that's a great one. <laughs> I'm coming up. That's fucking great. <laughs> that's fucking great, too. <laughs> This Sunday, Cohen. I softball. would, I would awesome. want you to go to bed every five minutes, Paula. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. You're gonna have to have some fun. I might do live in La Vida Loca. You should dude, definitely dude, do. Dude, you totally, La Vida totally Loca, do that. Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure mine. Out Give me a reason to come to the yeah. game. It's Especially just control the music. Since my number was taken, so I didn't do the the usual name and number I go with. So I went with my nickname is Butt Butt. My number 69. So I feel like living La Vida Loca would fit. Yeah, it's butt butt. But or uh but is it B U T B U T T. Oh two dudes. Oh two T's. Two T's and two butts. Two T's and two butts. Do outcast okay. uh shake it. That's a good one. That's hey, a good yeah, one. that's a good one. Hey, that's a good yeah, one. Just, yeah, yeah. just oh, pick an outcast song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're so yeah. good. Talk about it. I mean with a name like Butt Bite, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it kind of works. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Or uh uh Shaky Bon Bon. Ooh, yeah. Martin, yeah. yeah, easy, right on. Yeah, that you might have to do that since you're already going Ricky Martin. <laughs> butt butt, shake your bon bon. Like shake it. your bon bon. Yeah, there you go. Bon, a, shake your bon bon. Throw the thong song in there. There, oh, you, there you go. Yeah. A couple of baby got back. You're, you're so gonna fancy. you're gonna have like, like different walk up music every time you're only up, Jerry up to gets that. different walk up music yeah. every only game. Only Jerry gets <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. 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 yeah, I put the playlist together. Yeah. Everybody else is changing my. It's not every. Uh, game it changes every at bat every, every, every at bat yeah. <laughs> it's what he's feeling it's always a different song yeah gotcha no. always a different song I like I, I struck out the re- the the inning before and the next time I'm up it's just REMs everybody hurts <laughs> sometimes <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. It's what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, this guy's all over the place. What's happening? Dude, let me get some help. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what you're into, man. No, that's what you're into. I love it, man. That's what that's you cool. need. Yeah. He gets a walk. The next time he's up to bat, it's like Radiohead's creep. <laughs> it's like creep. Come on, Gene. Just yeah. monks chanting. Yeah. <laughs> fucking just like like Gregorian chants or something. yeah like, or like ocean sounds well, sure. well, I thought you meant like the monks chanting in like Monty Python and the Holy Grail the mm. anyways yeah. oh my heart will go on by Celine Dion that dude whoa great. that's a good one what was the Deadpool one like with the, the Celine Dion song she had uh, what was it I can't remember. Okay, we're, we're yeah. way too far oh, off. Yeah, we, we, we got a <laughs> giant tangent. We anyway, spend all day yeah, on that. Yeah. Major League is a great movie. Great yes, movie. Great movie. Yes, it great is. movie. Go watch it. Watch uh. it. Watch it three times. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the movie. <laughs> We did. It's it, it's everything right about like I personally like it's major leagues like all the small things really that come together. God, I would do Smash Mouth All Star 100. percent Oh, I thought amazing. you were gonna say Blink 182. All the small things. No, I see that was a missing <laughs> red hair. Red hair. Red hair. <laughs> but no, like it, it's like like I remember playing baseball. I was the kind of kid. I was in the outfield sometimes, and I would just be oh, there's nothing's coming your way, and you just have nothing to do. Like that is major league because you just make up stupid shit to do. On your own because you're always out there. That is major league in a nutshell, man. Yeah, at least I think so. Um, it's just me. The premise of this movie has actually been redone a couple times. Uh, so the idea that the owner wants to like have the team tank and you know do poorly so she can sell them or move the team or whatever that was done uh, with uh, the replacements right a little bit or was that that was like a strike or something like that there was uh, a strike there was a strike yeah, but same kind of idea where one, you yeah. had a lot of bad players come in and you know win and then also ted lasso uh, yeah. did the thing but i like the character arc in that and that uh, the owner eventually comes around and wants the team to win yeah so uh and if you're one of those people that pay for paramount plus you can watch this streaming there Ooh. Number four. Number four. Uh, a League of Their Own, which came out in 1992. Uh, just watched, rewatched this one. This is another one of those uh, true story baseball movies. Which is another thing that's great about sports movies. Rather, it's football, like you brought up the replacements, uh, or baseball. Fact or fiction, it doesn't matter. The stories you can build using it as a plot is really awesome. Uh, this is one that's uh, real story a very real story mm -hmm. you know is essentially in 1940 uh whenever all the you know men went over to fight them nazis mm -hmm. um america still needed baseball so they came up with the a a p g b l all american pro girls baseball league just an absurd acronym uh, i want that as a t-shirt <laughs> But it was it was only four teams, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that would keep playing each other, um, but just filled out by a whole bunch of women. And it was a fucking great cast. Uh, great cast, dude. Great oh cast. My gosh. The only person that didn't have to audition was Gina Davis. Everyone else, including Madonna, including Rosie O'Donnell, had to audition and prove they could play ball. The right. stunt work in this was super minimal, which 
you know, I, I, I fucking love. Uh, but it, it's a great movie. It shows what these women had to go through, the misogyny they had to overcome, these stupid little short skirts they played in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and their games getting taunted by men. You know, why are you out here? Get back in the kitchen. There is even one newspaper reel that popped up and it was like they're trading their oven mitts for baseball mitts. Oh, that was an actual headline. That's horrific, man. Jeez. Kind of funny, though. Uh, <laughs> if I could just think. I did this is another one I just rewatched because it's been a long time. Are you talking about, about the kid? No, no, just that when that popped up that they traded their oven mitts for baseball mitts. I was just like, good okay. God. Good God. But it does. It came out in 92. Good. It did a great way to approach the misogyny. It approached racism in there very subtly, but it still did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tom Hanks didn't want to do this. It approached fucking alcoholism because he was a washed up alcoholic. It was fun. Watch it. Watch the fucking movie. Um, but I, I loved it because they had, you know, pretty much most of the audience were extras and they were unpaid extras. No. Uh, so in between scenes, uh, they would go out and Tom Hanks was doing puppet shows. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell was doing stand up. They tried to get Madonna to sing and she wouldn't do it. So a whole bunch of the other girls went out and sang Madonna songs just to just to throw the piss at her. Uh, I thought that was fucking amazing. That's great. Uh, When they're in the movie, back to the physicality and these girls having to play ball and shit in the stupid short skirts. Um, there's that scene, it's iconic, where the girl, I think she plays left field, whatever, uh, slides into third. She has this gigantic fucking strawberry that just goes from the top of her ass to the bottom of her thigh. Uh, that was real. 100% real. And apparently the bruise was there for over a year. Wow. Yeah, that 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 happens. I've, I still have I've marks had, I've had on my ones, too, that lasted months, but never a year. I have I have ones that are permanent Jesus. that aren't coming out. Oh, yeah. my God. That's yeah. terrible. I don't slide anymore. And <laughs> the only one of the only scenes where they needed a stunt double was where Gina Davis, there's that high pop up foul and she goes and does the splits and catches it. She could do the splits, but she couldn't slide into it and do the catch. So they had to get a stunt double for that. That's crazy. But that was like one of the only times. That was pretty right? much one of the only times. Wow. It's fucking crazy. So these girls were just so badass. It's a great movie. Uh, God. There's a scene so much heart, so much heart. There's a harsh reminder of the war they're going through when they get a note in the locker room and one of their husbands dies. And it's just this all fucking just all of a sudden just halts. And you're like, oh, my God, that's right. There's a fucking war going on. That's why you're here. Uh, right now. It, yeah. yeah, that hits hard. But it really fun <laughs> movie. Uh, great cast, and they're actually doing a TV series reboot oh, on okay. Amazon, and the main character is Darcy Carden, and if you don't <sighs> know who that Carden. is, yeah. she's Janet from The Good Place. Yeah. She's absolutely phenomenal, she's and I was great. listening oh, to a that's podcast. that's going to be great. She's like a state championship softball player when she was in high school. Like, girl can ball. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm super excited to see kind of where this goes. Really. A League of Their Own is streaming on Peacock currently. Yes, it is. Which is totally free. It's a streaming service you don't have to pay for. You just have to deal with commercials. And they're not that bad either. As far as the commercials go, they don't pop in that often. And when they do, it's usually a minute and you're back at it. Back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. No, you're right. I'm thinking of Paramount Plus. Peacock is free with commercials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Number three. 
Number three, this is The Sandlot. Uh, this came out in 1993, man. Everybody knows this movie. Fucking classic. Um, this is one of the greatest cult classic movies out there. I mean, we're talking Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I mean, we're talking Smalls. All the great references that you know and the love. The Great Bambino. The Great Bambino. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Forever. You could go on and on and Forever. on, man. This movie is fucking phenomenal. And so um, I, not a whole lot really needs to be said about this movie. Um, Wendy than, Peppercorn. <laughs> yeah, ex- uh, yeah, like it's just happening. <laughs> yeah, it's one we don't time. have to explain the plot because you've every, every everybody everybody seen it. It's the perfect embodiment of childhood. It, it really is like it. That is the most amazing element of America Americana baseball. Fourth yeah. of July, Independence Day, you name it, it's I America. When I did our poll of the Angels in the Outfield mm-hmm. versus Rookie of the Year, someone was like, "Well, let's add the Sandlot," and I'm like, "No, no." First off, that's not what this is about. Correct. Secondly. That's not fair. Nope. You can put the Sandlot against it. Sandlot wins hands down. That's like, hey, let's have the New York Yankees against your local high school baseball team. Yeah, not fair. Wonder who's going to win. Yeah. (laughs) Come on now. Come on. Get out of here with that. It's just, it's just, it wasn't the question. Exactly. It's just like, don't be that guy, right? Exactly. Or girl. Or gal. Yeah, just don't be that person. Don't be that person. Answer the fucking question. If you haven't seen it, Dude, do yourself a favor. Go watch it right now. Fucking catch up to the world, okay? Yeah. Get there. It's on Hulu, Disney Plus, and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. We good? Yeah, we're good. All right, we're good with that one. Take us to number two, William. Sweet. Uh, number two is 42, Life, Universe, and Everything. Answer to the ultimate question. <laughs> no, not a Douglas Adams reference. We're talking about number uh, 42, which is, stands for Jackie Robinson. Um, he just was the first black Major League Baseball player in baseball. Uh, kind of. Mostly. Kind of. Yeah. That, that we know of. Yeah. Right? yeah. So he wasn't. Before, there, there was... A baseball play, a black baseball player in like 1890 something um, before they segregated the leagues. And there is even kind of some documentation of maybe black players before that. But then the leagues got segregated. And after that, he was the first post segregation. Yeah. Uh, black player to get picked up. This this but movie is. Yeah, we'll give it to Jackie. All about Jackie Robinson. And, and uh, I would uh, the manager whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, played by uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Branch Rickey, who essentially brought Jackie Robinson. He was the one that said, Hey, this needs to happen. We just had a war, um, you know, uh, against the Nazis and for, for freedom, we need to have a war on civil rights at home because we need to get this changed, which is in- incredibly you know, commendable. Um, and this movie goes into a lot of detail about, um, just how that happened and all the adversity that they came up against. Uh, I got to kind of throw some shade at you guys real quick. Cause you passed through Sandlot so fast. You missed my really fucking great transition. I know you did a lot of hard work and I'm sorry. <laughs> Said Sandlot was shot in 42 days. And then our next movie it was 42. 42. No, I so, saw that on thanks there. Thanks for yeah. fucking that up, Will. You're welcome. I'm <laughs> sorry, Jerry. He does all this hard work and we just, we don't appreciate it enough. But thank you. Hmm. It was it's a good segue. Too good, good just, to pass over. Yeah. 
Um, you've got some other notes here since, you know, we'll give you some credit. Uh, in 1997, baseball commissioner Bug Selig universally retired Jackie Robinson's number 42. Uh, the handful of players still wearing the number were allowed to keep it. And as of 2014, with the exception of Jackie Robinson Day coming up April 14th, 15th, uh, 15th, I can't read April 14th, uh, in which all players wear the number 42. No major league player will ever wear number 42 again out of reverence. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, this actually has the largest opening weekend ever for a baseball movie with. 27.3 27.3 million, which is probably one of the reasons why we don't see so many baseball movies anymore. But well, that's that's not true. I mean, one that's not a huge budget, but this was 2013. That was also more than half. The, this movie had a 55 million dollar budget, and that was mm. opening weekend. It's yeah. So you made half of your budget back on opening weekend. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Well. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Worldwide, when it was done, it made over almost a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So it made twice its money almost. Mm-hmm. Did fine, but that's that's good. It's commendable. Yeah. yeah. Was that before Black Panther or after? After. after. Well, or oh no, excuse Whoa. me, before, way before, before? yeah, way before, before. Way, yeah. before. Yeah. way before. Yeah, and the late Chadwick Boseman is uh, Jackie Robinson in this film. Mm-hmm. This is a great cast too, by the way. Oh, dude, Chadwick, Harrison Ford, uh, Christopher Maloney, fucking Alan Tudyk, John C. McGinley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was John C. McGinley played the uh, announcer, um, yeah. which is kind of one of the things that all of the baseball movies that I think I've ever seen, they all have really good actors as the announcer. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. And I, th- I think that that's that's it's just always been something that's been really well done, and I wanted to point that out. Um, well, it's always such a throwaway role. Like my favorite announcer is actually in Major League. That guy's fucking amazing. I always copy his lines. Like Bonds is up two on and two out again. Ooh, swinging a bit. It's just the way that he delivered his lines. Fucking great. You're talking about Bob Euchre. Uh, you goddamn right. I'm talking about Bob. He's great. <laughs> Uh, another stat that Jerry came up with for us is uh, it says, well, ja- Yasha Blackham. I, okay. Um, a former minor league player was Chadwick Boseman's stunt double in some scenes. Boseman did not like many of his own stunts as he whoa, had done. Whoa. Boseman did. Boseman did many of his own stunts as he had done months of baseball training and studied footage of Jackie Robinson saying, uh, Jackie Robinson playing. Bozeman said he was livid seeing a stunt double inaccurately portray Robinson. Every time he did it, I was like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And finally, the crew let Bozeman film the scene. Uh, it made the movie better, and uh, I hoped it also helped Bozeman uh, get into character. He's quoted as saying, you walk out there with this feeling of, I actually know, kind of know what this guy was going through. I can identify with the emotions and I can identify with how tired he was. I can identify with how a, a, how he was abused. And I can identify with the loneliness of it. So I carry that into this moment and use that because, you know, it's real to me right now. And that's just 
that's huge. Like Chadwick Boseman did an amazing job on this. He truly did. And I remember actually a really beautiful moment is Jerry actually brought this up to me um, a few years back and we, we'd watched the movie together and I got to experience this movie with Jerry and it was, it was a beautiful time that like, I was so appreciative that he brought this up to me because I had not noticed it uh, beforehand. So um, no, just big thanks to Jerry on that one. And uh, just being able to witness this movie. And once again, like there's a lot that's going on re- either in the background or um, either that's like not the main plot point, but it's specifically like all the, the trials and tribulations, like the things that um, Jackie Robinson had to overcome the racism, like um, trying to be the first, uh, all these things like, and then baseball is just sort of this through line that gets to be quite a beautiful element that he gets to overcome the thing that he can truly control in his life. And uh, man, this is just a beautiful movie. You should watch it when you get a chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and if you have HBO Max, you can watch it there. Absolutely. All right. Uh, final movie. Number one. I think the greatest baseball movie ever made. Uh, originally a TV movie. Kind, kind of. of. It's for HBO only. It's specifically an but. HBO release. Yeah. So it didn't come out in theaters or anything, but it was a, a made for HBO movie uh, written and directed by Billy Crystal, uh, which I think is pretty fucking cool uh so yeah it's 61 with an asterisk next to 61 it came out in 2001 uh and it's essentially the story in 1961 of mickey mantle who i think is the single greatest baseball player ever to play the game uh and roger maris on their home run chase to uh beat Babe Ruth's record and at the time in 1961 they just extended the games by five ten a handful of games I five, can't remember yeah. what it was um, and so that's the reason for the asterisk was you know it was Yankees it was the uh, shortly after Babe Ruth a while after Babe Ruth died but it was just in the house that Babe Ruth built everything was about Babe Ruth um, so it was like well if they beat the record but if it takes more than you know, 54 games. What Babe I think. Ruth did. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. The season's the season. Or 154. Right. Games and that was the point. Yeah. It was like when Babe Ruth broke the record, the guy that held it before him played 14 less games than Babe Ruth did. In 1961, you didn't fly from the West Coast to the East Coast or vice versa. You didn't play night games. There was no such thing. So, you know, it all kind of evens out. Mm. Either way, neither here nor there. But I love this movie. One, it's a great American history story. Yeah. Ultimately, kind of what it is. But I also like the fun little things. I have this movie on DVD. I watched like all the special features. Uh, And Billy Crystal... I mean, he was the reason this movie came up. He's it was a passion project to his. Oh, hard like like big, hard hardcore, big big time. Uh, he's one of the probably the biggest Yankee fans of all time. But all these stories in it, he became incredibly close friends with Mickey Mantle and his family after they died. So a lot of these bits in the games, they're like, oh, what happened? And Billy Crystal would describe everything from start to finish, and then be like, are you sure? And they'd have a fact checker like. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's right. So, like, halfway through the movie, they just stopped questioning. It was like, Rain Man knows. Rain Man knows. He fucking gets it. So, Billy Crystal's intelligence and, like, memory recall when it comes to this shit, I think is pretty fucking 
fascinating. That's awesome. Uh, to the point to where they were like, well, we want the stadium to look like it did. Um, we know they changed colors. They went from green and later did blue. Does it matter? And uh, Billy was like, wait, 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 wait. He went to his garage, found a stadium chair from the 60s that he had, pulled it off, and they actually chipped off the paint and found the exact shade of green from 1961, painted all these stands, and then just like digitally layered them. So when you went back, you could see it, but it made it the exact look and fit. Color. That's cool, man. 61. Wow. So I thought that was super fun. And it's just the, the idea of like, how do we get the color right? I don't know. Let me go see if this stadium chair I have in my garage has the right paint on it still. That's amazing. That's bananas. Yeah. That's bananas. Cool. Um, last time we did a baseball one, I talked about how good fucking Tom Jane was in that Mickey Mantle swing from both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But the last thing I'll say that I think was really fun on this one, because, you know, take a lot of time. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall was he played Whitey Ford. The, the names on this team at this time is fucking crazy. Uh, Whitey Ford was left handed. Anthony Michael Hall is uh, right handed. So his jersey, his numbers, his name was uh, flipped on it. That way, when they did the filming of it, they just reversed the film and it looked like he was throwing left handed when he was huh. throwing right handed. Interesting. So I thought that was a fun little bit of film trickery there. It was just backwards jersey and flipped the film. Yeah, because they want to make it look natural, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like they need to look like, you know, because there are, there are like Yankees fans and baseball fans that if they saw this and you see a left handed pitcher throwing right handed, they're going to yeah, yeah, get away nope, with that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. That's a mistake you don't want to make. Nope. So I just thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. I actually just watched that movie before the show. Oh, um, yeah. I found it very intriguing, which is like the alcoholism of like Mickey Mickey Mantle and then like Roger Maris Morris, how he Maris, had how he had to deal with like the the public and like the newspapers, and I was like, this is a lot of shit that's compounding right yeah. now, too. Which is crazy because yeah. come back to Billy Crystal, those are all stories he heard from Mickey Mantle, and he was so close with his family, they're like, no. Tell the story of when he fucking ran his car through the gas station and got a hook or whatever. Mm-hmm. When he was married, like they were comfortable enough to be like, yeah, let's yeah. tell the story how it happened. We're not trying to hide you. And yeah, that's like, is. and how sad is it? His career got ruined by a fucking bad flu shot in the hip. That was intense. Isn't that his sad, body just deteriorating? I was yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. That's, yeah. That but, bit when he's talking about how like, his father, his grandfather, his uncle, none of them lived past like 41 or whatever. 45, but yeah. 45. And Mana lived to 55, I think. Mm-hmm. So he outlived them all, but still. Lived fast, lived hard. Yeah. 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 Still. Still. I, I think greatest baseball player ever. Easy. And, and I'm not going to argue with you. I found it really cool that they were just like, fuck Babe Ruth. Dude. You know, that, was, that was very interesting. Go get that fat fucks mm-hmm. record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you guys. I'm glad you watched it. Did yeah. you like it? I liked. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was very. It was very entertaining, and it was. Just, it was just a good movie. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right, let's finish up. Uh, drink our last beer and get the fuck out of here, huh? Double up. All right, finishing up with another West Coast IPA. That is the theme of the day uh, from Rogue. This is a Newport Nights. West Coast IPA brewed with El Dorado hops, dedicated to fun in the 101. Have we had this before? Nope. Okay. 
Nope, we have not. And uh, this actually comes to us again from Robert. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate all the donations. Um, Keep up the good work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We thank you. Yeah. Uh, Untapped has us at 9.8 ABV. It is Imperial Double IPA. Um, I think that's what is on the can. Uh, Maybe you pass the can off to Victory. Since we actually have something on the can, as soon as we're done pouring, um, I will say that Newport, uh, the reason why it's called Newport Night is because that is where the Rogue Brewery is located in Oregon, is Newport. Yeah, it's got this, like, the can's really cool looking. It's got this 80s, like, retro, like, techno vibe to it, which is pretty oh, rad. Yeah, it's totally, like, neon, but then you've got, like, one of those, like, grid backgrounds that you would probably see in, like, something like War Games or whatever from back in the day. Yeah, I actually have this, like... Moonbeam City vibe. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I actually have this background on my fucking playstation which is legit so God, i wish they had more than one seat on it it looks a lot like like far cry blood dragon i guess right yeah or like what was that one like super crazy like futuristic jurassic t-rex dutch film you know what i'm talking about oh, oh my oh, gosh yeah. oh oh with the, oh, the oh. lasers uh kung fury oh, yes yes there you go yes there thank you, you very much um yeah that's what this is all about here so no super rad um so <clears throat> here's what the can reads um says there's nothing quite like a night out in newport from a craft beer and the freshest seafood to bonfires on the beach this one's dedicated to newport and those unforgettable nights having fun on the 101 this beer opens with aromas of mango papaya and tangerine followed by an atom bomb of pine grapefruit notes that ultimately settle into a surprisingly smooth finish and that's it all right uh well let's get in 9.8 god i'm nervous oh, i know it's the same. are you guys smelling fruit off of this just you Ooh. i don't get a lot of fruit aroma from this maybe that's just me no, I'm not getting any fruit. I just get like malt liquor smell. Even though it says that you should be getting the fruit aroma. Uh, it smells like a fucking oldie. Like a what? Like old English. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very fusel combined with like. This is something Tracy Jordan would drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. High gravity. Yeah. Dipped in gold. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not a glitter beer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Can> you imagine? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's That's, powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. It's, uh, it's a little unsettling, almost. <laughs> I'm trying to... Yeah. <laughs> no, I had the same response on mine. In head. case you guys are wondering what, like... So, essentially, the reaction I just had was, like, in Dumb and Dumber... When they get pulled over, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a card again. Yeah, man, killer boots. Uh, and, you know, he's asking if they're throwing back an old grandpa's cough medicine. And then what's the actor's name? Harlan Williams. Thank you. Yeah. Takes a drink of the beer bottle that has the piss in it. Yep. That's the face I just made. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. Exactly. There yep. you go. Good yeah. noise, too. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is less pleasant than the other one. The other Northwest oh, the, IPA we had. The Icicle. The Icicle. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I usually love a good 
Northwest IPA or West Coast IPA, I guess is what yeah. these ones are instead, which are typically a little bit more bitter and hoppy, but stop it. <laughs> uh, unless you pair it with oyster shooters, karaoke, or questionable dance moves. I could say with the ABV, there would be a lot of questionable dance moves going on. Oyster shooters. I don't even know what that is. They're garbage. Okay. It's like, imagine sitting, taking in oyster, and if you ever worked at a bar, uh, at the end of the night, the bit of juice at the bottom of a garbage can, you take that out, and then you put an oyster in that, and then you drink that with the oyster and swallow just that meaty, fishy, garbage bar juice oyster no then you can take a sip of this and it'll taste good that's gross that, that's what it takes to make this drink that's nasty so uh you fucked up rogue 1.5 i don't know I mean, it was canned in november so um, he gave this to ago? us a couple weeks ago he so. did oh, yeah. okay he said he got it from costco so i don't know um i'm definitely not getting any fruity out of this at all this is all falsely fuels to me you said 1.5, Jer? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what from what I gather from your uh, summary there is just a, a solid seafood vibe to it that just is very unappealing. It's unappealing to me. I just, I couldn't nail it down quite like you could. And so, no, I'm with you, man. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go 1.5 as well. Not a huge fan of this guy. I'm not seeking it out. Mm, I love seafood. Yeah. I don't think about... I don't know if I would drink this with seafood. Maybe, um, maybe I'm, I, I would if I had it like you know, like it was younger, and it was as opposed to how old it is now. Um, like, I don't hate it, but I'm not going to buy it myself. I, I, I give it a two point two five. Okay. Um, there's a little bit more of a malt backbone on this, I think, than. Um the the peak seeker the icicle one that we were talking about earlier um and because of that i actually find it a little bit more forgiving in terms of its bitterness uh than the other one so i i am gonna rate it higher than the other one but not much i'm i'm gonna give this a two um it's (laughs) (laughs) the one i rated 1.75 what are you gonna do but um it's i i don't know like I, i i'm not a big seafood eater either but like you know i know that like whenever you walk into like a seafood restaurant, you get that that brine of salt that kind of hits you sometimes of just the smell of being at a seafood restaurant. And I kind of wonder if maybe that might help take the edge off this beer. Um, like being exposed to that environmental. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like maybe having it with like crab, like mm. crab legs or something. I, I don't. You got, you got me, man. Yeah. That's. And whatever you're into, I definitely yeah. smell the bonfire coming from the the drink. It, really, to me, it smells like a bonfire or some sort of fire. All I get is the fusel alcohol smell that comes from it. That's all I'm getting to. Yeah. Hmm. What well, a way to end the night, y'all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We had kind of a couple bummers, but we also had some pretty good high highs. So true. Um, yeah. The heavy heavy cloud hazy IPA and the. Um, the red haze. Which one of those two did you guys like more? Oh, the the heavy cloud. Easily. Oh, heavy cloud. Yeah, heavy cloud. My far yeah. beer of the night. One of the best beers I've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Agreed. I would agree. 
All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, do a rate, subscribe, all this stuff. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, give us a rating. It helps a lot. We really appreciate it. Uh, tell a friend, tell a coworker. Uh, follow us. Did I say that already? Maybe. Yeah, whatever. Say it again. Uh, say it again, baby. Fo- follow us. And be good to each other. Thanks for listening. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. In case of this episode, a good part of your day with us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jerry. I'm William. I'm Vic. I'm Paula. Oh, you fucked it up, Paula. Man, you've been going so Who the strong. fuck is Paula? Always <laughs> Who the fuck so- is Paula? Yeah, who knows? My it's name just- is Mark. You guys are always like, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, oh, hi Mark. Mark.